Well, hello, everybody. It is February 19th, and this is Ticker Rider Podcast. I'm Rich Poland. And this is Stacey Ham coming yeah. from you uh, from the Indigo in Portland. Yeah, and uh, beautiful day. We just went out to dinner we with did. my son, Sanders. We did. It was good seeing Sanders, and thanks for the oven and shaker, spicy salami. Spicy salami pizza and the Nostrana salad. Nostrana salad. Best thing in town. And no beers. I'm done for beer. I'm done with beer. I gave it up. Two months, no beer. I'm done. Wow. Yeah, I'm done. It sounds good. Feels good. I had a beer last night. You did? Wow. I had one, one, one that you brought over here. I yep. brought it over to our friend Nick and Marie's house. Oh, and, okay. Uh, had one. You had one. You only brought one beer for them. Well, yeah, I brought one for everybody. Okay, good. It, was good. it was good beer. Okay, good. Good Portland IPA. I love it. Um, but uh, so uh, it's uh, February 19th. This is Ticket Rider Podcast, your one and only uh, uh, weekly podcast dealing with all things Ryder Cup. And uh, this week, we're going to have a special guest on, yeah. uh, Dan Mernicki. Dan uh, Mernicki. Uh, Dan's going to be with us soon. But uh, this weekend in golf was really uh, dominated by the, the PGA Tour, and what a great Sunday performance. Wow. Somebody, somebody said that, somebody said that, that uh, Hideki Matsuyama should have a new company. It should be called Sunday Yellow. <laughs> Sunday Yellow. Yeah, that was good. But that would not be good. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I think that would be kind of a slur. Yellow, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be good. But he does wear yellow. He does wear the yellow. He's just thinking it looks nice with the, uh, the Masters green jacket. That's why. Well, it was a good tournament. You know, Patrick wow. Cantlay kind of in control for three days and then didn't, didn't play well. Now, Patrick Cantlay, that is a well-dressed young man. <laughs> He is. We were just talking about how well dressed he is. He is one of the coolest dressers out there. He looks. He dresses like like Jack Nicholas yeah. or or you know Gary Player, like yeah. like like one of the old time. Guys. He really does. Classy, like just you know solid, yeah. solid, you know cashmere, cashmere, yeah, just solid. He's like Keith Mitchell. They call him Cashmere Keith. He's a solid dresser too. He's a southerner, Georgia boy. He dresses real nice as well. But uh, that's a great tournament. <sighs> I love that place. Have you ever have you ever played that course? I've never played Riviera, but I've gone to that tournament a number of times. When I lived there, it used to be the Nissan Open. Oh man, I love going there on Saturdays and Sundays, watching every round of that. Oh, I loved it. But it's a nice course, yeah. Owned by a Japanese family. Owns oh, really? the course. Yep. I didn't realize that. Yeah, that's a nice course. It's pretty back there too. I mean, because you have to go to Brentwood to get to it. It's pretty. It's a real pretty place. So Riviera is the one that celebrities belong to, as opposed to the L.A. Country, Country Club, Club. Yeah. where they don't like celebrities. No, they, they don't like celebrities They there. want rich people there. Yeah, well, they had, used to have one celebrity. At, at, at Riviera? Juice. Juice was, Juice was Riviera, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, he's your Riviera guy. He's a real interesting, he's an interesting guy. I've heard him on a couple podcasts just laughing about life. It's wow. a shame to be laughing about stuff in life when... He, he, I'll give you an answer. He was in this podcast talking to some people, and they were talking to him about he likes the girls at Daytona Beach, he says, because he likes the girls with daddy issues. That's what he said. He likes the girls that are too young to remember what he did. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And uh, could you imagine taking him home? Uh, uh, oh, God, look at my new boyfriend. I, I do for he, was you, a, he was a football uh, star. Yeah. <laughs> you know what he did? Uh, yeah, you got to get out of his life. You better run, and you better run fast, too, because he's good with knives. I mean, seriously. I wonder what happened to his kids. I think they're train wrecks. Really? That's yeah, so I saw sad. the daughter. She, I mean, you know, she. they look like they've had it. I mean, oh, they must have, right? That's sad. I mean, you, the women this guy was with. He was with a, one of the guy, ladies. She just died. She just died a couple years ago. But he was, he was with all these models, all these really pretty women. And he was just crazy. 
Yeah. Well, it was bad, but yeah, he was a member there. And I'm not sure. Jack, Jack, uh, what's the guy's name? Jack Nicholson? No, no. Jack, uh, what's the, he used to be a, a, on, what's the show? He used to be on one of the shows in Hollywood. There are a lot of shows in Hollywood. I mean, the show, after, I forget what, it used to come on before uh, Beverly Hills 90210 or after it. Jack, Jack, I forget. I'll Jack, have to tell. Jack Wagner. Jack Wagner. He's a good he's, golfer. He's a good golfer. That guy's always, a good golfer. Yeah, he yeah. always plays well in the uh, yeah in those celebrity events. He's good. I think he's the LA North member though. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, uh, there are a lot of shows. You're right, but sometimes my memories start to evade me, Rich. So, chill out over there. <laughs> so Hideki Matsuyama can't forget. That's his ninth win on tour. First one in a couple years, and uh, he was he was out of the top. 12 in the wow. uh, President's Cup standings before this week. So he's going to get back where he, where he wants to be in prime position for the President's Cup. Yeah, what was his world ranking coming into this? He had gone down as low as 55. He had come back up because he's been playing decent. Right? But he, he, That's amazing. He dropped, yeah, it actually is amazing that Hideki Matsuyama had dropped down as low as uh, 55th I in mean, the world. I mean, it's a simply amazing he had dropped that low. He needed to get the hitch back in his swing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he brought it back a little bit. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was a great tournament, though. It was, like I said, it's one of my favorite tournaments. I love the course. A lot of action, risk-reward shots. But, yeah, it's a great, great course. It's, it was a little surprising. You know, you had Patrick Cantlay and, uh, and Xander Shoffley, the best friends, playing on Sunday, yeah. and neither of them really they played were flat. very well. Uh, Patrick Cantlay finally birdied 18. Uh, but, you know, he wound up tied fourth with Xander Schauffele, but only shot 72 on yeah. Sunday. You know, Hideki shoots 62. Hideki couldn't miss. He couldn't miss. I mean, I've never seen so many shots online right at the hole from Hideki. He was beautiful. It was beautiful yesterday. It was great to see Will Zalatoris He's play playing well. well. Yeah, play he, well. he didn't close it down the stretch, but, man, he's hitting some good shots. And his swings changed a little, which is better for his back as well. Yeah. So he, uh, he finished second tied with Luke List. You know, Luke List has become – we used to joke, right, that the Luke List – the Luke list was the list of good players who had never won a PGH yeah. tournament. Yeah. Now he's won two. I know. And, and he's in the hunt. And he's in the hunt. So he's in the hunt. Good, good job, Luke list. I mean, he hadn't played well uh, coming into this tournament. I mean, he hit a couple like 28th, 50th or something. Not too many high finishes, but man, he's playing pretty well this year. Uh, and uh, Adam Hadwin, another good, that's good for him and his President's Cup uh, standings. Yeah, he was Finishes right there tied in the mix. fourth. Uh, Harris English, 7th. Tom Hoagie, 8th. Jason Day plays well, ninth. Sam Burns has been in a lot of top 10s already this he year. He really has. Uh, so he finishes tied 10th with Scotty Scheffler, who, again, Scotty Scheffler, again, number two in the field. Uh, shots, shots gained, tee to green. Shots gained around the green and, like, second to last in putting. Second to last in putting. I saw, that's an interesting t- statistic for him. I mean, he's still tied, you know, top 10. Top 10. Ties with Tommy Fleetwood, Sam Burns, Eric Cole. It's nice to see Eric Cole's not a one-year fluke. It's really good. He's a, and he's a good, solid player. But, you know, I, I, getting back to Scotty Scheffler, that's very interesting because, you know, what he's a good putter. I mean, he plays a lot of the courses that they play every year. He knows where the pins are. He knows how fast the greens are. But he's just not making anything. Yeah. I don't get it. It's all mental when it comes out, don't you think? It's, it's, it can't it's, be the reeds. He's got someone to help him read, read the greens. But apparently, he's relying less on Ted Scott. Yeah, that's what he this said this year than he did well, last year. I think he needs to call him back in. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, that's well, we'll come. We'll come back to it in a little bit. Um, the only other tournament this week was the Champions Tour, and Stephen Ames won by three in a in a weather shortened yeah. Chubb 
championship. He beat uh, Ernie Els, huh? Ernie Els, Alex Chaka played well. Oh. Uh, Rocco Mediate. Rocco Mediate was yeah. was tied second, I think, with Ernie Els and then Alex Chaka. Pretty darn good. Good, good. Another good win for Stephen Ames. Stephen Ames, he's winning a lot out there. Yeah, Stephen Ames a good was a good golfer. Yeah, he was Not a late bloomer, but played well on tour. Until he got boat raced by Tiger that time. He got boat raced by Tiger. I, the, the, when I when he could I, probably beat Tiger now. He, he may be able to. Yeah. Poor Tiger. Tiger was. Yeah. Sick. But uh, yeah, I, the, here I went to see the PGA at Southern Hills. Stephen Ames was in the final group on Friday well, with was? Tiger and just got, you know, yeah, didn't, didn't <laughs> shot a thousand out there. It was a thousand degrees as well. It was a thousand degrees. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, we're going to we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to have uh, as a special guest uh, Daniel Mernicki Dan uh, from the yeah. Corn Ferry Tour. Yeah. Uh, so we will be back with you uh, probably. We're going to take a break, but we'll be back with you in a second. All right, everybody, we are back, and we are we are honored to be joined by by Dan Mernicki. Uh, Dan is a uh, golfer on the Corn Ferry Tour, and a uh, I think a proud graduate proud graduate of the University of Oregon. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, Stacy, Stacy, you guys have you guys have. Stuff in common. You grew up, grew up in the same area? Yeah, kind of in the same area. I mean, I grew up in North Carolina, but I moved to San Diego to go to Valhalla High School to finish up, and I was a baseball player there, and, and Dan grew up in San, well, my parents from Philadelphia, but Santee, and then went to high school, uh, private high school there in San Diego, so it was really cool. Really, really cool. So, Dan, yeah, really appreciate it. But, yeah, tell us a bit about how you got into golf and, like, you know, what got you in the game of golf and, you know, tell us about some of those formative years playing and, you know, the psyche behind you know, being, wanting to be professional and all those good things. Sure, yeah. So, uh, like you said, grew up in San Diego. Um, my dad is a teaching pro in San Diego, so my introduction to golf was, you know, early and quick and – uh yeah, so um, I was not forced into it by any means, but uh, the opportunities, you know, were made available to me to uh, to practice and, uh, you know, love the game. So it was definitely my dad that kind of pushed me that way. And, um, you know, he's still uh, still teaching. They, they just moved to Northern California. Oh, cool. um, so San Diego, no, 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 no firm ties there anymore. But, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, where yeah, does your, da- your dad's from Scranton? He was a basketball player, right? Played at the University of Scranton? Is that correct? Yeah, played at the yeah. University of Scranton. Yep. He uh, was part, I think it was 1976, they won the Division Three National Championship. So wow. he was a uh, wow. basketball player and then, uh, you know, had a career change and moved to, or we moved to uh, San Diego when I was six. And uh, that's where he kind of picked up the, uh, the teaching project. What club did he, did he teach at his club out there or in San Diego? Yeah, so he was kind of all over the place, Arrowwood, Wood Valley, all over, and then uh, most recently Carlton Oaks in, in yeah, San Francisco. So great they, club. Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah, they had, uh, it was a national championship way back in the day, would have been in the 70s, um, but a, a great layout, a Pete Jack golf course, so that was, you know, where I played the majority of my golf growing up. That's cool. Now, now, how did you decide to come to play at University of Oregon? As a, You know, there's so many, there were so many great golf programs right now. Uh, how, yeah. how did the Ducks get you? You know, I wanted to play in, the, it was the Pac-10 at the time. That's kind of what, what was my, you know, first choice. And it came down to uh, USC and Oregon. And um, USC was, um, 
I don't want to say my dream school, but uh, Jamie Lovemark was a few years older than me and was, you know, a phenom at the time. And, uh, you know, I really looked up to him, but the opportunity to kind of play initially and with golf, there's only, you know, four and a half scholarships. So it would have been um, a, a limited scholarship to start. So I kind of looked at Oregon and uh, Casey Martin, obviously, the coach there, amazing player, played the PGA Tour. And, uh, you know, I thought just learning under a coach that, you know, was a, a former player and obviously very accomplished one was something that could be very beneficial. So that was kind of how I landed on Oregon. Wow. Ja- Jamie Lovemark's playing playing with you now. He's he's on the Corn Ferry this year. Isn't yeah. He? Isn't that cool? Yeah, yeah. We Yes. We played uh, the final round in uh, Ohio State, so my last round of the year last year together and it's fun to kind of reminisce of junior golf he went to high school right down the road to our pines high school and um you know he's been battled a lot of injuries and uh you know on, on the corn ferry but an amazing player and uh you know on, on his way back to the pga tour i'm sure here soon yeah you know maybe you can give us some insight like when you're going to these tournaments in Corn Ferry, like how do you decide who you're going to play your practice rounds with? And then maybe give us like an idea, like what does it take? Like what's the difference between, you know, how many strokes separates like a PGA Tour player from a Corn Ferry player? You know, if you're going to make that jump to the to the tour. Yeah, uh, in regards to the practice rounds, I, I'm a early riser, so I go, you know, right at the crack of dawn when uh, you know sometimes the first hole in the dark. Uh, practice rounds can be kind of long and tedious so usually i would say the routines you know get there on a monday so the practice rounds are usually tuesday so i'm a i'm an 18 hole guy right right at the uh crack of dawn um so that would be the uh practice round what was your second question uh, just the other you know the, what's the difference what what do you feel the, d- the oh, difference yeah. between you know the how many strokes it separates like these PGA tour players from making on the corn ferry players to make it to the PGA tour. I mean, if that makes sense, like what's the, yeah. what does it, what does it take? Like what is, what separates you guys? Yeah. The, the line's pretty close now. I mean, you see, you know, so many guys, you know, make their way through the corn ferry tour and have immediate success on the PGA tour. So it's not a lot. Um, Two different types of golf, I would say. The PGA Tour, you're playing harder golf courses, so the scores aren't quite as low. Corn Ferry Tour, you know, every it seems every week it's you know twenty under cuts. You know, oftentimes they're six, five, six under par. So, um, you know, not a ton. Uh, I I always kind of say, or what I've noticed, and you know, <laughs> I've been pro for quite a while now. The the top forty guys in the world are you know on another level. <laughs> you know they are the uh, the best, the best. And um, you know you drop them in a corn fair event, they're gonna you know <laughs> win or finish up there. But the, the rest of the guys, it, it's pretty much you know there's a revolving door. Guys are kind of back and forth on PGA Tour corn ferry. I wouldn't say a ton, but uh, the difference between the, the the guys in the corn ferry and that top 40 they, uh there can be a significant margin okay. for sure cool dan you know we, we talk a lot about how golf is a global game and and you know you guys have been in latin america now for the first part of the season if if they kind of opened up the dp tour for for you guys on the corn ferry tour and said you could go you know to a certain number of of events a year would that be something that that would interest you i mean some of the dp tour events have great players and some of the dp tour events sure. the the fields are so sparse i think it would be great if if some of the corn ferry guys 
could could kind of you know, be over in Europe and experience some of the European golf? Yeah, the uh, I mean, the whole golf landscape is in, in a weird spot right now. I mean, they've kind of made it so you know the the PGA Tour is you know top of the food chain. I mean, we obviously say live now also, um, and now they've made really the uh, what's the form of the European Tour. DP World Tour uh, at the theater tour. You know, there's, I think, you know, with the, uh, the that category, you know, there's 10 guys um, from the uh, DP World Tour that are now playing PGA Tour events. So, I mean, I would love to go over there. I played uh, right out of school. I got a few sponsors exemptions, and uh, I think it was my second pro event was the Irish Open. So that was uh, played at uh, Worldport Rush. And, um, I mean, just an amazing experience. So cool. Um, But, you know, with the – a lot of things are going to be changing. And, I mean, you'd probably say, I think there's 10 guys, you know, like like I said, 10 guys from the uh, DP World Tour and 30 guys from the Corn Ferry. So they're really elevating the the Corn Ferry to – you know, right there with the uh, European or DP World Tour. So, um, but yeah, I would love to play play some golf over there for sure. Yeah. What do you think? What 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 are your thoughts on live? And uh, you know, just give me your or give our listeners your perspective on live and what you think about it. You know, I think um, it's a, a unique opportunity. Obviously, the you know limited fields, the shotgun format, some of that's been heavily criticized um but you look at the roster of players now i mean it's you know it's amazing <laughs> amazing talent and obviously with rom going over that way now you've got you know arguably the best player in the world on that's not playing the pga tour so um you know with with, with the future i think you're going to see um you know some type of combination of the of the two i think that professional golf will be united here in the next you know, a couple of years or however long. So, um, yeah, we'll see. So let's, let's, let's get back to Royal Port Rush. So, uh, yeah. you played in the, the Palmer cup, which is a, yeah. uh, which is an international competition. And we're a Ryder cup, we're a Ryder cup, uh, podcast, but mm-hmm. we cover all these international competitions and the Palmer cup is this great competition for college, college age, essentially mm-hmm. uh, folks in yeah. school. And, and yeah. that was played at Royal Portrush, mm-hmm. 2000, yeah. 2010. So you've now you've played Royal Portrush competitively twice, or have you played more often than twice? Uh, just twice, but oh. yes, uh, amazing golf course. You know they've since held the the British Open, which I think was the first time it had been, you know, out of or uh, away from England, Scotland, and um, it's just a uh, you know golf. And I, I haven't played in Scotland, but um, the golf over there is you know arguably just as good um amazing course they uh they uh i believe they've for the british they played some type of a composite there was like two or three holes different than than what i had played in uh the palmer cup and the irish open but uh amazing golf course tell tell me when, when you got the call that you were on the palmer cup team was it was it by points or did or was it all kind of captain's picks it was i believe it was they've changed it since so now i believe it's a point system there might have been a combination of the two you know kind of go off the <clears throat> golf stack golf week rankings whatever it was um and then uh 
I believe there was like a, a couple captain selections or, or you, whatever you want to call it. But um, yeah, it was a, uh, it was a cool honor for sure. What was your highest ranking as a, as an amateur? Uh, so it was like the, the wagger, the world amateur golf rankings. I think I got to right when I turned pro, I was like six. Oh, six wow. Was, uh, the, yeah. So I, uh, I was the 2010 was the year I played the Palmer cup. I had a, a, a good college year and a good, um, uh, amateur summer. Okay. And then, uh, 2011 was a Walker cup year and, uh, you know, I kind of just missed that, but, um, the Palmer cup, you know, wow. to play in 2010 and 2011 was, was very cool. The, the pros, you know, even the seasoned pros talk about the butterflies in their stomach when they hit their first shot in the Ryder cup, that first shot on, on, uh, on Friday. And was that, was that the same for, I mean, you've played in the U S open, right? You've played in, and, yeah. and you've played in the Palmer cup and I'm sure you've played, you know, you know, NCAA championships. How, how do, how do those compare in terms of, in terms of your nerves? Cause the pros always say the Ryder cup gives them the most nerves. Sure. There was quite a few less people. You know, so I, uh, the atmosphere wasn't quite, uh, quite, quite the Ryder cup. Um, nerves wise, nothing crazy. Um, the, the first, the first round was, four ball or, uh, you know, like a best ball format. Um, I felt the most nerves playing like the alternate shot. Um, you know, it was just a unique format when you're, you know, literally playing the, uh, you know, you're playing partners previous shot. There was definitely some pressure. Um, luckily that first year I was with a friend of mine, John Chin, who was a, uh, a great player at a, a UC Irvine. So we were familiar. Um, and, uh, I believe we won the, uh, uh, more nerves in the uh, the forcing for, format for me personally. <laughs> so, so Dan, you uh, do you live in Oregon the entire year? Or I mean, you know, the weather here is quite. Some of our listeners might not know the weather here is quite uh, yeah. rainy and wet. Do you mm-hmm. do you? How do you get ready for? How do you tune yourself up for the season? Do you go down in the desert, or do you stay here and hit inside, or uh, or do you just grind it out in the rain? For, for the most part, I just grind it out in the rain. I've gotten to a, a little routine of you know after the holidays. Um, our, our corn fairy season has started that, you know, usually second week of January. So, um, with my parents, you know, being in San Diego, we either do Christmas or something kind of buzz down there. So usually San Diego and Phoenix for, you know, a, a week or two and, okay. you know, play a, a mini tour golf or something like that. It's okay. a competitive rest off. But, um, yeah, other than that, I, uh, Portland's home and I'm here and, uh, yeah, so I kind of just tough it out in the rain. I'm not... I, I've done the, uh, the indoor thing and I, I don't get a ton out of it. So I'm just, uh, load up the rain gear and just, just get out there. <laughs> Do you pull out of a club here in, in the Oregon area? Yeah. Columbia Edgewater, they, uh, right, right by the airport. Oh yeah. Um, I'm, a the, uh, I'm a member there. <laughs> really? Okay. Well, I'm usually probably, uh, I'm on the range a lot beating oh, balls. So, uh, totally you gotta, gotta come up and say Yeah. Absolutely, please do. Stacey, um, Stacey, are you are you an eight now? Uh, yeah, I'm an eight. <laughs> but you great, know, I great. haven't hit very much. I don't hit very much. I used to when I first moved to Oregon. I was a member of Pumpkin Ridge, and man, I would dig it out in the okay. out of the dirt like in the winter. Sure. Play, no matter <laughs> yep. what. But I'm getting older yep. now, and I'm like, yeah, there are better days. I rather sure. go snowboarding. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm always impressed. There's a lot of people that you know, don't have to be out there that, uh, that, that tough it out. So they, uh, kudos to them. Yeah. Kudos. Well, next time I see you out there, Dan, I'll come over and say hi. Dan, we Please all, do. We'll we have to play. 
We always, we always ask everybody who comes on our podcast mm -hmm. one question, which is, if you were the USGA and you had to pick a Ryder Cup course that's never been, you know, a course in the U.S. that's never been played before, that, that maybe people don't know, but you think would be great for a competition like the Ryder Cup, what would you suggest? Ooh, tough one. Um, I mean, Ryder Cup's unique because there's not that many players, you know, so you could use venues that, you know, that logistically wouldn't make sense. I mean, we're, we're in Oregon, so where better than Bandon Dunes? I, I just love it out there. I think that um, this might be sacrilege, but I think the Lynx golf there is just, I, like I said, I haven't played in Scotland, but I would put that... Uh, that, that Lynx experience right up there with uh, the golf I played in Ireland. So how about Band Dunes? Yep, love it. Stacy loves it. You, I go, love to, it you go to Band Dunes. Yeah, I was there year. in the summer. I absolutely love it. Oh my god. No, it's, yeah, yeah, tough to beat. It's, it's very tough cool to beat. It really is, man. What a cool place. So where where where's next? You you've, you're you're home from from Latin America. Where does the tour yep. go next for you? <clears throat> We're heading down to. Uh, um, Argentina and then Chile. So oh, two, wow. the, the, yeah, the furthest will go down. I've played in, uh, Argentina before, um, when I was, I played the Latin America tour. Um, Buenos Aires is really cool. Um, I've heard the golf course is amazing. So, uh, two, two more events outside the U S and, um, and, and then we're back. So looking going, forward are you, to, are you uh, playing in Savannah? Playing Savannah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'll yeah. tell you what, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to keep track on you. We're going to yeah. be, you know how they have on, on, on Twitter, they have the tiger tracker and yeah. they have the, the Rory tracker. We're going to, we're going to be the Dan tracker. <laughs> yeah. We're going to keep good. I need that. I yeah. need that. <laughs> well, we'll have to have you back on, uh, you know, middle of the season or something. We'll give you a shout, have you back on, see how you're progressing. And then when I Absolutely. see you at the range, I'll say hi out, out of Columbia. I better Great. I better come out Love and hit it. some balls this weekend or next weekend because I'm going to I'm going to play Pebble in a couple of weeks and I haven't hit a ball oh, since Scott, since Scottsdale I played in Scottsdale at Christmas time so I okay. better come up yeah I better hit some okay balls. well hopefully yeah some good weather hopefully for you guys at Pebble that'll be fun yeah it'll be really fun yeah awesome All right. hey thank you so much for joining us and uh, best of luck and we will be following you Dan yeah tell Maddie we said thanks for getting you on and we do appreciate it for sure thanks for having me okay bye. All right, everybody. That was that was awesome. That, that was, was awesome. Dan. What a what a nice what a guy. Nice dude. Um, <laughs> wow. I'll have to say hi to him. And it was out the Columbia. Yeah, he's going to be the guy. Yeah, you know, pounding balls out pounding, there. Pounding balls. Go play with him. I'm like, oh, I, 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 I might should go play with him a little bit. Get you some should. Tips. You should. You should get some tips. You yeah, go from going, an eight down. Where do you think? Where do you think you could get to? Well, the lowest I've ever been is like a five, I think. So. But I'm a long ways away from it. That's the thing. I mean, it, it's, it's a lot of strokes to get there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, last couple of years, the lowest I've been is a seven. 7.8 is the lowest, in, and now I'm up to a eight or nine, a nine, I think, or something. So I don't know. I think I can get down lower, but you got to put a lot of rounds, and you got to shoot low rounds. You know, you got to shoot a couple close to par. If you shoot 74, 75, and then shoot 80, 85, you may be able to get down there because they take the average of all the scores. Right. I think it's hard to get. It's hard to go down like two or three points. Yeah, face a lot of low scores. Yeah, it's just so different in tennis because we have USGA ratings. Yeah. If you're going to play tournaments, and you know, it's 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 hard to move up. Like I could easily play. And I, you know, I was a good player. I played like yeah. JV college tennis, yeah. but I'm not. I mean, I'm, I'm in my fifties. Yeah. Uh, I would probably be a four or five, and I could. That's I, pretty good. If I played a lot, 
I could be a five zero. See, that's good. Yeah, but I, I don't want to. I, I I don't want to play. It takes a lot of work. I, don't have I mean, time. and in the wintertime, I mean, if I live in a place like Southern California, I think I'd want to be out there golfing on the weekends. I can go hit balls because it's even if it's rainy. It, I mean, it's 65, 68, it's nice, it's nice right? Yeah. But here, when it's 50, 45, and rainy or blowing sideways, I don't know how Dan does it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. He's Maybe a good golfer, you. but I don't Prepares know how he does it. For some of these conditions. I know. There. But where they play, none of the conditions are that bad. I mean, Maybe Savannah might be bad in March. Yeah. Well, um, let's uh, let's finish up. We'll go over the President's yeah. Cup standings. Okay. And uh, next week, for uh, we're going to do a special report for Black History Month on the uh, life and career of Charlie Siffer. Charlie Siffer, what a great man, Rich. Uh, so we're going to do that for Black History Month yep. next week. Next and then week. after that, we're going to probably get into full swing. Full swing will be back full on. Full swing, and then we'll by then we'll hopefully have our YouTube up, and we'll be doing yep. videos, and we'll have some new background screens, and we'll be ready to roll. All right, so the U.S. President's Cup team, Scotty Scheffler remains well out in the lead in first, followed by Wyndham Clark after his Well, they win. better not let him putt. I mean, they hope yeah. they have alternate shots in the putt. And uh, both Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantley moved up into the top six this week. Xander's third, just by a very slim margin it's, over Patrick Cantley. Xander was great on Sunday. I mean, he was flat, but in the end, he played well. So they're both they're third and fourth, moving up five spots. Then Colin Morikawa, who uh, also played in the Palmer Cup, he actually he I we didn't I didn't ask Dan about it, but Dan won a, like a sportsmanship award called the Michael Carter Award. Oh, really? Uh, at the Palmer Cup. Named after a young man who played in the cup and then died oh, in a wow. car crash. Um, but he and Hendrik Nordlander won that award. Wow, those are like the MVPs of the team then, huh? Yeah, kind of, but, and, but for sportsmanship as well. Sure. Wow. Um, uh, but Colin Morikawa won that award as well. Uh, he was fifth. He's fifth. Now Chris Kirk went down three spots to sixth. Then Eric Cole, seventh. Max Homa, eighth. Sahith Tagala, ninth. Sam Burns, tenth. JT Poston had another top ten. He's now up into 11th. With Jordan Spieth, who got DQ'd because he signed a wrong scorecard. It's interesting for a professional player to sign a wrong scorecard. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, he, How he, did, don't, you, don't you go over every score with the player? He, when missed, you're in the, he, he missed a short putt on a par three. And, and, you know, whoever so wrote the player down, wrote down three, and he, and he had a four. Wouldn't you think you would have, if you're one of those players, you'd have your caddy? Like, uh, you think you have your caddy keep the score just to make sure? You would think so. Yeah. Uh, Keegan Bradley is 13th, Brian Harmon 14th, Luke List up 14 slots to number 15, uh, Tom Hoagie up eight spots to number 16, Lucas Glover 17, Harris English up 10 spots. He played well this oh, week. Oh, yeah, that's a beautiful swing. Uh, to oh, 18, beautiful. then Tony Finau, Ricky Fowler, Adam Shank, Bo Hostler, Denny McCarthy, Taylor Moore, and Justin Thomas went down five spots, wow. missing the cut. You think Tony Finau is going to go 0 for 2? O for uh, President's Cup and O for the uh Let's see how he Ryder plays. This, this, next week they're in Mexico, and that's been a Tony Finau staple. But he's played a lot of weeks in a row. That's the thing, right? He has, he has played, he's played a lot. A lot. Um, I'm looking I think it's cheaper for him not to play because he doesn't have to take the whole family with him. I know. It's cheaper to stay at home. So I'm looking at the international standings, and I'm not even going to go over it because they haven't changed it. Okay. Uh, they're always a little later on the international standings. Well, we know who's up there. Well, Hideki, Adam Hadwin, Hideki Matsuyama. Well, as last week, Adam Hadwin was 13th, and Hideki was 14th, and that's what's on the, you know, but... Minwoo Lee's high, Tom Kim. Yeah, but, uh, you know, at, 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 I think it's pretty clear that Hideki Matsuyama is going to move up yeah. into the top 
five, and and, yeah. and maybe so will Adam Hadwell. I mean, the way he's playing, he might be in store to win a couple big tournaments this year if he keeps hitting it like he was hitting it yesterday. Oh my gosh! I mean, it it was like it was it was like a cartoon. It was like a video game. It was. I mean, you know, you know, shot what it was like 15, 14, 15, and sixteen, everything to within a foot. Yeah, he had three straight tap in birdies out of the rough. He's hitting it close. It was amazing. I mean, it was amazing. It was a, a 62. I mean, come on, Richie. He could have shot 61 out there, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was fantastic. It was a, he tied the course record. Wow. Tied, wow, the wow, course, wow. tied the course record. He's a good dude. You know, you'd think, though, that he might have learned some more English. He understands. Because I'll tell you, that when, they, when they, she asked him questions, Amanda Bellionis asked him questions, he answered a question without the interpreter even saying anything. On one so of the he questions. He just doesn't want to speak. He, does, he understands. But you think you're right. You think he lived here in the U.S., right? Yeah. He must have a house here someplace. Yeah, you would think so. You would think, right? Tommy Fleetwood has a house in Dubai. That's where he lives. Oh, really? Yeah. I wonder how Tommy Fleetwood, I mean, why he didn't join Liv when Terrell Hatton just joined Liv. I, that's interesting. I don't know. I don't think, maybe he thinks he, they, they can't pay him enough. How much do they give Ty Hatton? Maybe. I don't know. No one knows. No one knows what they give all the under all the small the 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 second tier players. They only brag about what they give the top players. Yeah. I mean, Ty hadn't couldn't get got more than fifty million dollars. I wouldn't think so. You think Ty Hadn would take fifty million dollars just to go to that tour? Why? Why? He's a good player. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I. I don't understand. That's interesting. Uh, you know, Dan's perspective on the live tour. You know, I he think he sounded like. You know, it's a op- good opportunity. It's a good opportunity, but you know he thinks that tours will merge, and yeah. I think they'll merge too. And it's it'll just be interesting to see what kind of penalties, if anything. I mean, you know, now you have Ricky Fowler and Jordan Spieth saying there sh- there should definitely be penalties, and you have Rory saying, well, there shouldn't be penalties. Well, if they merge, why are you going to have a penalty to have them come back? It doesn't make any sense because the tours are merging. So they're if they're merging, then. If they're merging, then why do you need to have? Why are you going to penalize the guys for coming back? Have them sit out tournaments. I don't think it makes any sense. Because, I mean, if I work for, I work for Roche, Genentech, if they got bought by Pfizer, I wouldn't have to, they merged, I wouldn't lose any of my benefits. I'd just go roll myself right back to, you know, I'd start working for Pfizer. Yeah. You know, so I don't know why these guys would have to wait, at, wait it out. But who knows? All right. Well, we will be back next week. And next again, week. we're going to talk about Charlie Sifford. Charlie life Sifford. And, life good and, man. Yeah, Charlie Sifford. Wow. What could have been if what this country wasn't in the PGA Tour? He won the Greater so. Hartford Open. You remember? Yeah. yeah. The first first African-American American to win. win. To win and still wouldn't to play on the other tours after that, still. Crazy. Because what the PGA Tour decided to do, they said that it was... They, so the PGA Tour, they had open events, but then, so they couldn't keep players like Charlie Sifford out, they made them all invitational. They had spons- That's why the sponsors... Invitations that they had to be invitations where the sponsors had to in the, invite people, and it's still that kind of that way today. They haven't changed the rules. They changed the rules of who can play. Yeah, but it's still kind of that they haven't changed a lot of things they do over the years. Well, we're gonna we'll we'll talk we'll talk at, about at it length next about week. Charlie Sifford uh, next week. Well, uh, was when we're driving home. Back from the airport, dropping off my son. Stacy noticed that the Foo Fighters are coming. I have two tickets. I have a ticket for you, Stacy. All right. Uh, I'm so going to be is, here. This is Long Road to Ruin from That's the Foo Fighters. Great we'll, band. We'll talk to everybody next week. Great band.